We thank you, God. We bless your name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for coming to us. Thank you for your people that have gathered this morning. God, thank you, Father Lord, because you have come with our hearts open. Thank you for reassuring us. Thank you, Father Lord, because you have promised us this morning. And you said that you render your glory upon us. Father, fulfill your word in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you, Father Lord, because you have warned us again. You said that the devourer is outside. Lord, may you help that none of us will go outside in Jesus' name. Lord, keep us within the boundary of your love. And cause the Lord, your name alone, be glorified. Thank you, everlasting Father, because your promises are ever sure. Thank you, Father Lord, because you said that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, fulfill your word upon our lives in Jesus' name. Lord, equip us to be your soldiers. Lord, that's the essence of filling us with your spirit. That's the essence of coming to live inside of us. Lord, make us your soldiers in Jesus' name. And Father Lord, cause that every hindrance, every obstacle, whatever that is still remaining in our lives, that will hinder your spirit, Father Lord, from moving freely, from overwhelming us, from taking control of our lives. Father Lord, may they bow this morning before you in Jesus' name. Take all the glory in our midst and be thou glorified. Thank you, Father Lord, because you have visited us once again. Have your way, Lord, in our midst. That, Lord, as Father Lord has started blessing us, Father Lord, may your blessings never cease upon our lives. Take all the glory. Take over the service and bring glory to your holy name. Be thou exalted, O Lord and our Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. We thank God this morning. We thank him for his blessings. We thank him because he has started pouring out his spirit upon us. And my prayer this morning is that none of us will be left behind in Jesus' name. None of us will leave the service without being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Without having a definite touch and turn around in his or her life. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. This morning... We have come for Holy Ghost ministration. But before we go into that, we want to look into the promises that God has made to us. And this moment wouldn't have come at a better time than this. When we are passing through challenging times. When we are passing through a period when things are so difficult. When life is so challenging. When people are not sure of what will be. Or what will happen tomorrow. But we have a short promise. In our God. And this morning we are looking at the topic that says. The times of refreshing. God has brought us this morning. To refresh our lives. God has brought us this morning to refresh our lives. And he will surely refresh our lives in Jesus' name. We'll look at Acts chapter 3 from verse 17 to 20. Acts chapter 3 verse 17 to 20. Acts of Apostles chapter 3 
verse 17 to 20. Friends, I realize that you did not, you did to Jesus, what you did to Jesus was in ignorance. And the same can be said to you of your leaders. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had declared about the Messiah beforehand. That he must suffer. That he must suffer all these things. Now turn from your sins and turn to God. So you can be cleansed of your sins. Then wonderful times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will send Jesus your Messiah to you again. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things. As God promised long ago through his prophets. Praise the Lord. When we talk about times of refreshing, we want to first of all understand the terms in this topic. What, what, when we talk about times, what do we mean? And if we look at the meaning of times, times means something that happens over and over again. Something that doesn't happen once. Something that keeps occurring or reoccurring. Something that happens several times. And when we look at the word refreshing, he said that refreshing is producing a feeling of comfort and new strength. Like one would say, I had a very refreshing sleep. And that's why I'm looking healthy this morning. Or you can say it's something, when something is pleasantly new and interesting. So in order to bring this topic to our understanding, we can say that times of refreshing are those times when we experience freshness, newness, comfort, renewal, encouragement, strengthening, and so on and so forth in our Christian journey. That's in our work with God. And this God did by giving us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, in believers. Because the Holy Spirit can only dwell in believers. Holy Spirit cannot dwell in the life of an unbeliever. And what he does, that's the Holy Spirit, when he inhabits our hearts, is that he reveals the will of God to us. We have had this morning. God has once again told us, even before we started the ministration, that he is here to do what? To fill us. So is anybody here still in doubt that God is here to fill us? Why? Because God has already revealed that he is here to fill us. And that's not all. He has equally told us the reason why he wants to fill us. He said he wants to fill us so that we'll go out as soldiers and go and tell people about him. So when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, he searches out. When we go to First Corinthians chapter 2, if we read from verse 9 to verse 13, he said that he searches out the deep things of God and he reveals it to us. That is what the Holy Spirit does to us. As we continue, we'll look at other things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And when he's in our hearts, 
It's not only to reveal the will of God. He brings encouragement to our hearts. When we are facing trials, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. If we go to Romans chapter 8, from verse 26 to verse 27, that we said there are times when we don't know what to pray. But the Holy Spirit does what? He helps us to do what? To pray. He brings comfort to us when we need comfort. And in times of trials, he encourages us and he sees us through. He sees us through temptations and through persecutions. And he keeps encouraging us. In times of mourning, he brings comfort to our heart. In times of trouble, when we are confused, in all these circumstances and situations, the only person that is dependable, that is reliable, that can help us and keep us from making mistakes, from taking wrong decisions, is who? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what? He's dependable. Praise the Lord. So, he does not allow any situation or circumstance to overwhelm us. But through all situations, through all circumstances, the Holy Spirit keeps helping us. So, we can conclude by saying that true times of refreshing can now come from any other place than from the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. It's only the Holy Spirit that can give us times of uh, refreshing. Any other refreshment or refreshment or whatever we call it that we get from any other place that is not from the Holy Spirit, it will be short-lived. It will be for a short time. It will be for just a moment. And all our troubles will come back. Praise the Lord. And then, the Holy Spirit equally opens our eyes when we are doing the wrong things. When we are living in sin. When we are living against the will of God, he opens our eyes and brings conviction to our heart. If we go to Acts chapter 2, verse 37, on the day of Pentecost when Peter was preaching, the Bible said, as people were listening to him, that they were pricked in their heart. Who pricked them in their heart? Peter used sword to uh, 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 pierce their heart. The Holy Spirit did what? Break their heart, brought conviction, opened their sins, and made it what clear to them. And they were convicted. And he made them to ask uh, Peter and others, men and brethren, what should we do? Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit guides us daily, showing us God's will, and helping us through difficult times in taking all our decisions. You know, we keep t- taking decisions moment by moment. We keep choosing. We keep making choices. Without the Holy Spirit, you discover that you keep making the wrong choices. And at the end of the day, you do what? You regret. And you say, why did I take this decision? But if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, you discover that we keep making the right choice. May God help us to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in every area of our lives, in Jesus' name. And that's why in ancient and modern 4, the hymn that says, New every morning is the love, awakening and uprising, and uprising proof. True sleep and darkness 
safely brought, restored to life and power and thought. Which means each morning as we wake up, the Holy Spirit restores us to what? To power. He gives us new strength for every day. The strength that He gives us, the encouragement that He gives us for today, is not what will last us for tomorrow. What we receive today is for what? For today. And every day, we need to wake up in the presence of the Holy Spirit, seeking guidance and seeking direction, seeking counsel and seeking His will in every area of our lives. So that it's not, I have come to church today, I have been filled with the Holy Spirit, let me now go home. What you have received today, if you don't renew it every morning, I can assure you, that it will be short-lived. But I pray that it will not happen to you in Jesus' name. Stanza 2 of that hymn, Ancient and Modern 4, says, New mercies each returning day. He keeps giving us new mercies each what? Each returning day. He said, new mercies each returning day. Hover around us while we pray. New perils past. New sins forgiven. New thoughts of God. New hopes of heaven. So, we need the Holy Spirit to inhabit us. We should not be satisfied that we are born again. Even when we are born again, we should seek for the Holy Spirit in filling. So that he will direct our life, our lives on daily basis. If we go to Isaiah chapter 40, if we read from verse 27 to 31, we discover that the condition or situation the children of Israel are passing through. And they came to a state where they were doubting if God was still with them. If God still cared about them. If God was still going to intervene in their situation. And the God spoke to them. And God reminded them that they were saying, Is, will God still help us? Will God still intervene? Is God still for us? And God reassured them. And God said, even in this trying time, even in this difficult situation, that the situation you are passing through, that even young people, you know young people are full of energy, young people are full of strength, so if there is a race to be run, who are those you will be pitying? The elderly people, will they be able to go through? You will not be pitying young people, because before you know it, they will get to the destination. But God was saying, that the situation the children of Israel were passing through, that even young people will faint. And I want to assure you that the situation we are passing through in this period that we are living in this country, that even the, the wealthy are crying. The rich also cry. It's happening now. There was a time we watched it in, um, in a, 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 a TV series and we laughed over it. But it is a reality in this country now that even the rich also cry. But God is reassuring us as he has reassured the children of Israel. And he said in verse 31, he said, you will walk and you will not do what? Faint. You will run and you will not do what? You will not get tired. He said even young, young people will get fed up. So no matter the state of your economy, no matter your financial state, God is announcing to you that he will see you through in Jesus' name. This young man is not, it's not loud enough. It's like... It's like you are still doubting. You have not believed God. Remember that you cannot receive anything from God except by what? By faith. And he just faith in his word. Any word that God speaks and you believe it. 
you will receive what God has uh, said. Praise the Lord. So no matter your situation and circumstance, the only condition is that you must have the Holy Spirit dwelling in your heart. And as He keeps directing you every day, He will see you through whatever situation or circumstance you are passing through. Praise the Lord. We'll be looking at two aspects of times of refreshing. If we look at verse 19 of where we read in Acts chapter 3, it says, Now turn from your sins and turn to God, so you can be cleansed of your sins. Turn from your sins and turn to God, so that you can be cleansed from your sins. One thing that sins does is that he cuts us off from God. If we go to Isaiah 59 verse 1, say that the hands of God are not shortened, they cannot save. His ears are not deaf, they cannot hear. But our sins have done what? Have cut us off from God. Our sins have created a barrier between us and God. And God cannot hear a prayer. And wherever there is sin, the implication of that is what death. In Romans chapter 6 verse 23a, he said, wages of sin is what? Death. So when we sin against God, the judgment that has been passed over us is what? Death. And that was the judgment that was passed over Adam and Eve. Even though they were still living physically. But before God, they were dead. They were cut off. So once we are cut off from God, as far as God is concerned, we are what? We are dead. But that is not the will of God. God wants to bring us back. And that is the only time we can have times of what? Refreshing. And that was what God said in the prophecy. He said, there is danger outside. When you are cut off, where are you? When you are cut off, where are you? Outside. He said, don't go outside because devourers are outside. We should rather be inside. So God wants to bring us inside. And he said that the wages of sin is death. And if you look at somebody who that death judgment has been passed on. If you have ever visited condemned uh, criminal cells and you see people who have been condemned to die, how do they live their lives? How do they live their lives? So happy and joyful. They have no hope. All they are waiting for is the day they will open their cell gate and take them out and go and do what? And kill. Hopeless life. There is no hope again. Death judgment. But Jesus did something. God intervened through Jesus. And he said in that same Romans chapter 6, verse 30, 23b, he said that the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That is God's intervention. God has intervened. We sinned against God. We are cut off from God. And God decided to bring us back. To pardon our sins. To restore us to himself. And that's the opportunity God is giving to every one of us that have not given our lives to Christ. Because like we said earlier, a sinner does not receive the Holy Spirit of God. Because the Holy Spirit is what? Holy. Holy Spirit is what? Holy. And he cannot enter where there is sin. So if you want to be part of what we are doing this morning, then God is giving you an opportunity he said, repent and come back to me. May a lot of people are in church. 
They have been coming to church. They have got used to activities. They, they, they are in activity wings. They do all manner of work in the church. But the truth is that their sins are still there. They are still returning their sins. It has not been forgiven. It has not been taken away. It has not been washed away. And that will not save anyone. The only way we can have times of refreshing in the presence of God this morning is that our sins are washed away. May God help us to take that decision in Jesus' name. When we are singing, we are saying, Holy Spirit, have your way. Let's allow him to have his uh, way. The conviction he is bringing to our heart this morning, we should not resist it. We should allow him to have his way. Convict our hearts and bring us to the cross so that he will have mercy on us. Let us look, to Psalm, uh, look at Psalm 32. If we look at Psalm 32, if you start from verse 1, he said, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Verse 2 says, Blessed is the man whose sins the Lord does not count against him. If somebody has been living in sin, and all of a sudden, because of the decision the person took, God no longer counts those sins against that person. Has that person had times of refreshing? Eh? Is it times of refreshing? When your sins are rolled away. Do you know that sin is burden? Do you know that sin weighs somebody down? If you doubt it, let's look at verse 3 of that Psalm 32. David said that when he refused to confess his sins, he said that his bones grew old. That his bones did what? Grew old. Because of sin. And that is what we carry. And even though the Holy Spirit is convicting us and telling us to drop sin, that sin is extra luggage, extra baggage, we still refuse. We bring up a lot of arguments. We try to rationalize our actions and our living. And God will keep pointing out our sins on daily basis. And you come to church and you want those sins to be rolled away. I want to announce to you this morning that those sins will remain. Those burdens will remain. Those difficult times will remain. Those hardships will remain. If you refuse to confess your sins before God. You are not confessing before man. You are confessing before God who knows the thoughts of your heart. Before whom there is no secret. Before whom everything is open. That's the person that is asking you to confess your sins. So that times of refreshing will come. Why I am taking my time to say all the sins? is because... We have come for God to refresh our lives. And we don't want it to be a one-off thing. Something that happens today and tomorrow. We are back to where we started. We want to be free to serve God. We want to be free. We want God to unleash us to the world. So that wherever we go to, people will experience that refreshment. That, that refreshment. So that people will come to us. And they ask us, what is your secret? Why are you living with the way you are living? So that God will use us as his army. So God is asking us this morning to confess our sins so that we can have times of um, refreshing. Praise the Lord. And if we go to 2 Corinthians 5.17, say when any man is in Christ, all things pass away. 
and everything become new. If old things pass away in your life, if you change all the old things you have, if you change your furniture, everything in your sitting room, you change all of them and bring in new ones, how does your house look? Doesn't it look new and beautiful? That is what God wants to do. He wants to take away old things and he wants to bring in new things. And that is times of uh, refreshing. And if we go to John chapter 1 verse 2, uh, uh, verse 11, he said that he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as receive him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Imagine you, who was not a child of God. And because you decided to give your life to Christ, God now gave you the right, the opportunity, the privilege of being called a child of God. Is it not times of refreshing? Won't your life look new? That is what God is bringing away this morning. And in Psalm 95, he says, When you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. That is what God wants to do this morning. In Acts chapter 3, verse 20, and he says, And that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Verse 21, He must remain in heaven until the time comes. For God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. If you look at verse 20 and verse 21, he said that God will send Christ whom he has appointed for us. And if you read verse 21, he said that the same Christ will remain in heaven till the time that God will restore all things to him. Are you confused? The same Christ he will send to us is the same Christ that will remain in heaven. Don't, don't be confused. Let's look at John before we come back there. John chapter 14, we'll read from verse 15 to verse 18. He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Mark that word. Another counselor. Who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. Who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him. Because it isn't looking for him. And doesn't recognize him. But you do. Because he lives with you. Now. And later. Will be in you. Mark that word equally. He lives with you now. And later will be in you. Verse 18. No. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Praise the Lord. So. What we are seeing here is that the work that Jesus did when he was on earth is the same work that the Holy Spirit has come to do inside of us. Jesus said, I will send you another comforter. Which means when Jesus was on earth, he was a a comforter. And as he was about to leave, he said, I will send another comforter. And if you read in John chapter 16 verse 7, he said, but it is actually best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the counselor won't come. If I do go away, he will come. Because I will send him to you. So when you, we talk about Jesus, about his work on earth, and when we talk about the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit has come to represent Jesus in the lives of uh, believers. And that is what God promised us in that Acts chapter 3, verse 20. Say that when our sins are forgiven, as we read in verse 19, that he will send us who? Jesus, whom he has promised to us. And he will come 
That is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he's a comforter. And that when he was talking to his disciples in verse 17, he said that he is with you now and later he will be in you. So Jesus was with them physically. And later he was going to be with them as the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So all the things that Jesus did are the same things that the Holy Spirit is doing doing now. So don't think you missed out. You say, had it been I was there when Jesus was on earth, I would have done wonderfully well. No, you have not missed out on anything. He has sent his word representative. And we are even privileged that he lives inside of uh, us. Remember what happened when Jesus was there. If your child is sick, even if you are in Kaduna and Jesus is in Enugu, what do you do? You find a means of coming to Enugu to see Jesus so that he will hear your child. But now we don't need to go to anywhere. We just need the Holy Spirit inside of us to tell us what to do. Praise the Lord. Are we not privileged? Are you excited about this news? Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And if you're already filled, do you want to be refilled? Because there is room for refilling. There is room for refilling. It's not a one-off thing. Once I'm filled, I don't have any problem again. I just live and live and live. And whatever happens, it doesn't mean anything. There are times when we are down and we need a refilling. And that is the time of refreshing that God is giving us this morning. Praise the Lord. And another thing is that God doesn't just fill us with the Holy Spirit, baptize us with the Holy Spirit, and give us the evidence of speaking in tongues. He doesn't end there. God has a complete package. After filling us, and we are already filled, He equally gives us gifts. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's for us. It's not for a few people. It's not for some. Some think it's for some people. It's not for everybody. Eh? Everybody must not have the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's for everybody. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. If we go to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if we read from verse 1 to 7, we see that the gift of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. And uh, the purpose of the gift is for us to serve God, for us to serve the church, for the benefit of the church. The purpose of the gift is not for, it's not for you. When you are given the gift of God, when God gives you his gift, it is not for, for your personal use. And the source of the gift of the Holy Spirit is God. It comes from God. The Holy Spirit gives. He distributes. And who decides the one he or she gets? The Holy Spirit decides. It is not for you to decide, this is the one I want. You can desire. The Bible says we should do what? Desire. But it's the Holy Spirit that gives. And the one thing about the gift of the Holy Spirit is that when you are given one, and you make use of it, you find God, you see the Holy Spirit giving you more. We have many of them. We have words of wisdom. We have words of knowledge. We have prophecy. We have descending of spirit. We have different kinds of tongues. We have interpretation of um, tongues. We have faith, gift of faith. Gift of um, healing and uh, working of uh, miracles. And uh, they are categorized into to have service gift and office gifts. We are not going to talk about office gifts today. It's as you serve God. When God gives you one of these gifts, it's called service gifts. As you use it to serve God, at the right time, God will elevate you. And you will talk about service uh, gift. Praise the Lord. So, what God expects from us is to open our hearts and receive 
the gift that he's going to give to us. And let me tell us again, no gift is better than the other. No gift is what? Better than the other. You might say, this one is small, I don't want this one. No. All of them, they come from the same God, and we use all of them to do what? To serve the same God. And it's God who gave us this gift that will reward us after we must have uh, served him. Praise the Lord. So, we derive many benefits, as we um, said, said earlier, from receiving the Holy Spirit. We have talked about the Holy Spirit helping us to pray. And um, another thing that the Holy Spirit helps us to do, if we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, it talks about that when we speak in tongues, that it edifies us. When you receive the Holy Spirit, the major evidence is that you speak in what? In tongues. And that's why we tell you, open your mouth and speak. The Holy Spirit will not force you, your mouth to, be, to open. He will just feel you, but your own is to, he gives you the ability to speak, but your own is to open your mouth and speak. So when we speak in tongues, it edifies us. But it is not for us to come to church and instead of speaking to people in the language they will understand, we want to show off that we have received the Holy Spirit and we can speak in tongues. And we'll start speaking in tongues. No. It is for personal use. When you are praying, you pray in tongues. It helps to edify you. It helps to recharge you. It helps to beef you up. And uh, in John chapter 16 verse 14, it says that he guides us into all truths. And many other benefits that will stand to uh, gain from being filled with the Holy Spirit. But let me equally point out that we misuse this gift of the Holy Spirit a lot. So that we don't go into such error. God will not be happy when he has given us his spirit. And instead of using it to serve him or to serve the church, we use it for other things that are not um, the purpose for which he has given them to us. You hear a lot of believers praying and uh, I don't know, it has become so popular that even when you talk about it, it looks as if probably you don't know what you are saying. And you hear about Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost fire everywhere. They turn to the east, they send Holy Ghost fire. They turn to the west, not everywhere, different directions. And to whom are they sending the Holy Ghost fire? To the enemy. And you wonder, what is Holy Ghost fire? And if we go through the Bible and discover the places where fire was mentioned in connection with the Holy Spirit, if we go to Luke chapter 3, if we read from verse 15 to 18, when John was uh, speaking to those who came to be baptized, and they were asking him, are you the Christ? And he said, I baptize you with um, water, but very soon, somebody will come who will baptize you with Holy Ghost and with uh, fire. That's where Holy Ghost and fire were mentioned together. Another place is if you go to uh, Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when Bible said that there was a, a, a great noise and uh, there was cloven tongue like fire, and it rested on the on the disciples. And uh, if you go to Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus said, "You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you." And uh, 
What was the purpose of receiving that power? He said, when you receive the power, after the Holy Ghost had come upon you, he said, you go and tell people about me. That power to empower them to go and tell people. And he's sent in with that look. And you just can't connect the two. Now, sending fire to your enemy. Holy Ghost fire. And the Bible made it clear that we shouldn't kill our enemy or pray for them to die. I will stick on to that. So, if we should send the Holy Ghost to anybody, it should be to, to us, to me. Because it was a promise. John said, somebody is coming, he will baptize you with Holy Ghost and with um, fire. And the essence of baptizing us with the fire is for the fire to purge us. You know, fire purifies. Fire burns off chaff. So that what will remain for the Holy Spirit to come and inhabit will be what is pure. Because God cannot inhabit a life that is not pure. I don't know if you are getting it. So that's the essence of fire. So when fire of God comes upon me, what he comes to do is to purge me of every sin. Purge me of every iniquity. Purge me of whatever that will not glorify God. Purge me of whatever will make the Holy Spirit not to remain. So that the Holy Spirit will come freely and take over my life. And my life will be for God's use. So I don't know where that thing came from. And it has become very, very popular. And when you are praying now and you don't call Holy Ghost fire, it means that your own anointing is fake. May God help us in Jesus' name. And another thing that people do, and like I said, they send the fire to the enemy. I don't know whether it's for the enemy to repent. If that one, if that's the intention, then that one is good. But I don't think it's the intention. Because they send it and they will say the enemy will die. But God made it clear. If we read Matthew 5, 40, from 43 to 48, he said that we should love our enemies so that we can become true children of our father. If we say that God is our father, the only way we can show it, the only way we can prove to people that God is our father is by doing what? Loving those who do what? Who hate us. And in Romans 12, uh, 17 to 21, he said the same thing. He said, repent no man, evil for evil. So, let us know that when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, that it is not for fight our enemies, it is not to send fire to anybody, it is for us to go and preach the gospel. It's for us to go and live righteous life. It's to keep our lives pure so that on daily basis, the Holy Spirit keeps refining us, keeps reminding us of whatever we have done that is wrong, so that we confess them, and it purifies us so that at every point in time, our life is pure before God. Praise the Lord. And if we go through the scriptures, the instances where people were filled with the Holy Spirit, we discover that it will always mention that all of them were filled. Because some people will say, maybe, I'm not sure if I will be filled. Anybody that desires will be filled. Anybody that desires will be filled. If you go to Acts 2, 1 to 4, the same thing. If you go to um, Acts 8, the same thing. If you go to Acts chapter 10, in Cornelius' house, even that one, no hand was laid on anybody. And that's to show you how thirsty, how desirous they were. And no hand was laid on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And another thing we should know is that we need to be mindful 
of the fact that we can lose the Holy Spirit. Do we know we can lose the Holy Spirit? The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, He said, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. What will help you to retain the Holy Spirit is the way you live. If you read in another version, you say, Grieve not the Holy Spirit by which way you were sealed. So the way we live matters because there is a way that we live our lives because the Holy Spirit cannot dwell where there is sin. The Holy Spirit does what? Lives. And in First Thessalonians 5.19, it said, Do not quench the Spirit of um, God. Do not quench. Do not quench. How do you quench the Spirit of God? By the way you live. By disobeying. When you keep disobeying, the Holy Spirit will go. And how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Number one, like we prayed earlier, you must be born again. That's number one condition. And number two condition is that you must be thirsty. You don't just come casually. People are going. They have talked about this thing too much. Let me just go to fulfill our righteousness. You will not receive. It's how thirsty you are. If you are so thirsty, even as I'm speaking now, you can do what? You can receive. It's the level of your test that determines how fast you receive. So if you are thirsty, you'll be, you'll be filled. In Isaiah 55 verse 1, he said, Is anyone thirsty? Let him come and drink. And he said, It's without money. We don't need to pay. So you don't say, I, I don't have money. I didn't come with enough money. He said, If you are thirsty, come and do what? Drink. And in John chapter 7 verse 37, he said, If you are thirsty, come to me and do what? Drink. That's number two condition. So you must be thirsty. You must be hungry. You must be desirous. And that will make you to receive. And number three, who receive the Holy Spirit by faith. It's not because you see him coming. Like on the day of Pentecost. That was just the sign of fulfillment of God's promise. That was the sending down of the Holy Spirit. But since that time, Holy Spirit has remained on earth. So he's not going to come with fire again so that we we'll see the fire coming. What we need to do is to believe the word of God and draw the Holy Spirit through faith. So you must have faith that you are filled. When you come, when you want to, yeah, you just believe God, I have been filled. And you open your mouth because you are filled and God will give you, the Holy Spirit will give you utterance. Praise the Lord. So, and there are symbols that are used to represent the Holy Spirit and which people have confused to become the Holy Spirit. We represent the Holy Spirit with water. Like we just said in Isaiah 55, he said, are you thirsty? Come and drink. Sometimes dove is used. Like when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him uh, like a dove. Sometimes wind is used. Like on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. Sometimes fire is used. Like John said, you will be baptized with Holy Ghost and with what? With fire. But those things are not the Holy Spirit. They are just symbols that are used to represent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit we are talking about is a person. It's not an object like we mentioned. It's not water, it's not dove, it's not wind, and it's not um, fire. Holy Spirit is a person. And then we should relate with him as a person. As he stays inside you, you can talk to him. 
and he can talk to to you. You can discuss with him as you have discussed with your fellow human being. You can unburden your heart to him and he will show you and tell you the mind of God. He is the one who helps us to understand the word of God. Bible says that letter kills but the spirit does what? Gives life. When you read the word of God as letter, you get confused. But when you read the word of God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he gives you understanding and he shows you the mind and the will of God. And like I told us, even if you have been filled, you can be refilled. As we can see in Acts chapter 4 verse 31, when the disciples prayed after they were threatened that they should no longer preach the gospel. Bible said that they prayed and the place where they prayed was shaking and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled on the day of Pentecost but on that day they prayed again and they were refilled. So all of us are in for that. For God to fill us and for God to refill us. As we prepare our hearts, allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in your life. I don't know how many of us who want to give our lives to Christ. I don't know how many of us that the Holy Spirit is convicting. He's speaking to your heart. And he's saying, my son, give me your heart. We are praying. My daughter, give me your heart. Why do you want to live the way you are living? Even though you know that it is not right. Even though you know that you are struggling. Even though you know you are carrying heavy load and heavy burden. And you stay harden your heart. Why don't you allow Jesus to come into your life? Why don't you allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in your life? So that your life will become new. So that you have times of refreshing. If there is anybody who is taking that decision, I want you to be on your feet. Let us pray together. We don't have time to waste. You are taking decision to ask Jesus to come into your life. You want a time of refreshing. You want a new thing, a new beginning. You want the Holy Spirit to come into your life. He cannot come in where there is sin. If you are taking such a decision, can you be on your feet? Let's pray together. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want him to give me a new beginning. I want my life to glorify God. I don't want to be counted as a sinner. I don't want my bones to grow old. Jesus is calling you this morning. As we take this song, if you want to give your life to Christ, can you be on your feet? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your garments white as the white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed? Are you washed? We allow Jesus to have his way. We allow the Holy Spirit to take over your life. So that times of refreshing can come to you. Jesus is standing and knocking at the door of your heart. Will you allow him to come in? So that you will not remain outside. Where the love of God will not reach you. You washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed? Are you washed? In the blood, 
asking Jesus to come into your life, can you place your right hand on your chest as we pray together? God does not want to leave you behind. God does not want to pass you by. God does not want you to go into the world exposed so that the enemy can devour you. Can you place your right hand on your chest and confess your sins before God? As we ask the venerable to pray for those who are giving their lives to Christ, place your right hand on your chest and confess your sins. In the name of Jesus we pray. Father, we thank you. We believe you, God, that none here remains with their sins accused. None here remains with guilt following. None here remains with unforgiveness or guilt of iniquity. Lord, we pray, King of glory, even as your people are here, that times of refreshing, of forgiving sin, of a cleansed life, follow us on in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you, even as we have made your word clear. We believe you, God, that if any is still in the valley of decision, you said to his or her heart, and cause your time of refreshing, Lord, to blow right through all here. That there's none who still is in your presence with guilt, with unforgiveness, with a closed heaven. But we all, with an open face, are beheld and are beholding and will encounter your glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.